For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Panel to Screen. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? Oh, you know what? I'm uh, yeah. It's it's Yeah, okay. The, it's it's it's, was... it's Wednesday, my dude. <laughs> that it is, my friend. Another another Wednesday in the books that is the apocalypse of 2020, but hey man, we are rocking and we are rolling through our rose-colored retrospective of the entire DCEU. Uh, I'm excited for today's episode, but I uh, got got a little bit of housekeeping I want to let people know about before we dive into it. First things first, uh, we, we originally put out a schedule for the Rose Color Retrospective, but with DC fandom literally right around the corner, uh, I think I think it's fair to say, Bell, we, we probably want to like, we probably need to do like a more of a classic news flash type of flash TV talk episode next week. Because I just, I just have a feeling there's going to be news. I don't know if it'll be a lot of news. I don't know if it'll be good news. I don't know if it'll be bad news. But I just have a feeling there's going to be a lot of news. I mean, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, from just the little teaser snippets here and there that I've seen on Twitter and whatnot, it looks like to be, you know, pretty much news for everything that we would normally cover. I know there's stuff for Flash. There's going to be stuff for Legends. There's going to be stuff for Snyder Cut. There's going to be stuff for, like, pretty much everything. So, Oh, video games. Yeah, new series, animated shows. I mean, like, the animated films in particular, I think there's lots to, to unpack there. Um, I am skeptical if I'm being totally honest. I don't want to be like, you know, the negative person going into uh, what, what should be a really fun event. But I, I am very skeptical of a lot of the television properties just because I still think we live in a world of a lot of unknowns. But that being said, there's going to be stuff to talk about. So next week, uh, you can look for a more classic, uh, if not a classic Flash TV talk, a classic news flash. Uh, a Flash TV Talk episode, and we will pick back up on our rose-colored retrospective the following week after that. So wanted to give you a heads up there. Also, we've been rocking and rolling, having some fun on our Flashcraft server. If you enjoy some Minecraft and you want to help us make some DC Universe properties uh, here during this off-season or on-season or apocalyptic season, whatever you want to call this season, really, uh, join us. Yeah, join us on Flashcraft. Uh, DM us on Twitter, and we'll get you set up and uh, with uh, the details. And yeah, we'd love to love to have you there. Uh, all right. I think that's all of the housekeeping items. Do you have anything else before we dive into this? I built an 8-bit Flash on my last Flashcraft stream, so check out twitch.tv slash seedhd if you want to see that. I, I died twice. Well, you know, that's that's just par <laughs> for the course, to be honest. All right. So here we are. rose color retrospective of Birds of Prey. Now, this is a very unique situation, I think, for me. Because I don't believe in the history of the Rose Colored Retrospectives, I've ever actually watched a movie for the first time as part of a Rose Colored Retrospective. And I kept telling you, you should have watched it once and then watched it again for the Rose Colored, but no. You are 100% correct. It was a challenge. It was a, it was a challenge on, on my live tweeting stream 
to keep the rose-colored glasses on because I was watching it for the first time and I wanted to react to it naturally the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so I should have listened to you, man. Have you done, like, I can't remember, but has there been a movie that we did a rose-colored retrospective on in the past where you hadn't actually seen it before? I mean, it's been, like, I, for some of them, it's been years since I've seen them because I only watched them once because they were bad. Um, like, I right. think, I think uh, or maybe I never watched Electra. It, that can't be right. I don't think I ever saw Electra. That can't be right. No, come on, man. That came out in the 2000s. Yeah, I know, but I don't think I saw it. Wow. Okay, fair enough. All right, so there you go. All right, so that, that's, I, I was wondering if your uh, advice came from direct experience there. But um, no, this this was interesting, though. This was not, you know, we of, of the, uh, release the release the rose-colored cut uh, series that we have done thus far, this was by far not the most challenging, uh, not by a long shot from uh, anything that we've covered. But I think just the nature of watching something the first time made it a little bit more, um, yeah, more of a challenge not to just kind of react, like like knee-jerk react as opposed to rose-colored react. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you before we really get into our rose-colored retrospective, what your, and, and without, you know, getting critical or anything like that, what was your overall impression of the film since this was your first time watching it? Okay, man, this is bending the rules. Uh, but, I, but I, I, think I that's know, fair. but I think it's fair. I think it's fair because yeah. we never got to talk about it beforehand. So I'll tell you this. And I mean, like I put this out on Twitter after watching it and, and it was kind of like, like my review in one tweet. And it was my, I think it, it, it stands to reason that it, it facilitates both my actual reaction and my rose-colored reaction. Okay? okay, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, so here's what I said. I said, a zany, irreverent Harley Quinn movie with a double slice of cheese on a mountain of ham, but why not? Fun, uh, fun change of pace and a firm team breakfast advocate. So that was, what I, that was my you know, one tweet review of what this movie is. And by the way, I am team breakfast all the way. And to learn <laughs> that Harley Quinn is also team breakfast, I mean, that just warmed my heart, my friend. <laughs> I tell you what, the only thing I wanted to eat, like I, I was watching it... Um, at night and uh i wouldn't say me and christy been like on a diet per se but like i've lost mm. 20 pounds over the pandemic di- what come on man seriously yeah i mean i've just been cooking like you know healthy stuff we're not eating as much processed stuff i mean not really healthy stuff i mean like it's just we're, we're just making wise decisions yeah we're making wise decisions and not eating as much food you know like uh, it's amazing the impact that has absolutely. congratulations man that's awesome i had no idea Thank you. yeah christy christy's lost a bunch of weight too um and so yeah i mean healthy man yeah we're you know we're doing we're doing good that way but i I tell you what like we both kind of looked at each other when she was eating that egg sandwich and just go god i want an egg sandwich (laughs) (laughs) it's like we should have the cheat day right now and get out the bacon (laughs) that's the thing like egg sandwich is fine like that's like that would be my lunch you know i'd I'd eat an egg sandwich and like you know some chips or something and that's 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 lunch or no there's something about the way that was shot though i mean i'm look i there was a time like in the early days of potestary where i was collecting audio clips from movies where people talked about breakfast and, <laughs> and no, I'm serious. I'm serious. Cause I had a project, I had a concept for a, I wanted to do kind of a morning radio show style podcast. That was like the twice weekly show. I think it was what it was going to be called or, or something like that. And um, the problem was there was not nearly an audience back in that day to sustain something of that nature. And I had a newborn, so it just wasn't going to happen. But, uh, but during that time I collected all of these like breakfast clips from all of these different movies and man, there's just so much to mind in this. If I ever, if ever one day I just throw in the towel and don't do any other podcast, but like one podcast, it'll be some sort of like breakfast uh, morning show type of situation. <laughs> and I'll, uh, I'll play a bunch of those clips, including this one. So yes, this one gets extra credit points for being team breakfast. But no, I think, I think this was a zany, irreverent 
Harley Quinn movie with double slice of cheese on a mountain of ham. And I think that and I say that with respect and love because I think that is very much intentionally what we were served up. Yes, I, I agree 100 percent. This was this was this is on the on the heels. Uh, this is the first R rated DCEU film, I believe, uh, fresh off the heels of the success of Deadpool and Logan uh, with their R rated stuff. Of course, Deadpool and Logan are kind of like opposite ends of the spectrum. This leans way more towards Deadpool than it does Logan. Um, and, and it's very evident. Right. Um, and I, I think like it was just nice to sort of let them have fun and do what they want in, in, a, in a movie that's not as serious. Right. Like it's. It's it's kind of refreshing in a way, I guess you could say. Yeah, no, I mean it. it so we've we've made the comparison, or you know, you, you always kind of make the comparisons across across the uh, the aisle, as it were, with with Marvel, and you know the the fact that Marvel can kind of paint in broad brushstrokes and and kind of reach to all different various corners of the universe whenever telling stories. Um, nothing like they don't all have to have the same lens. They don't all have to have the same tone, and that is part of the appeal. That's true here, although this this does take what the DCEU has been and continues to lean on it. And that is something I have touched on throughout this entire rose-colored retrospective, which is that we are not seeing comic book uh, characters come to life. We are seeing the the this like dark Elseworlds take of, you know, the comic book characters. This this is not meant to be like the characters from the comics. This is a very different take on a lot of these characters. In fact, not like Harley Quinn is very interesting, right? Because Margot Robbie really brings something to this character that rings true from who the character was in the original Inception, which by the way, was not the comics. It was the animated show. Uh, and so there is kind of a, a, a brilliant casting of Margot Robbie. And it's almost like there's almost kind of like a, a flip for almost every single other casting on this and like take on all of these characters nobody is really acting like their comic book counterparts and they're not supposed to, right? Like there's, there's no way that we're supposed to interpret these as the characters we know from the comic books. Um, yeah. I mean like by this point, Renee Montoya is, is kinda, but only just kinda like, like honestly, like nobody is acting like they would if they were from the, the like original source material, which, which is true throughout this entire universe. And they, they know that like, this was a decision. Bell, decisions were made in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> they indeed were. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's, it's funny you mentioned Renee Montoya because uh, we watched First Night uh, like a week, week and a half ago, something like that. And oh, after yeah. watching that, we were both like, we want to watch The Dark Knight because Heath Ledger. And uh, Renee Montoya is also featured in uh, The Dark Knight. Um, also completely different characterization. Right, um, right, right. And, and so, uh, granted, like, some of these, uh, the, the accessory characters, like, I'm not too familiar with. Like, I, I know most about the Huntress from watching Arrow. I know, kill me. Um, and, like, Renee Montoya, you know, from Batman the Animated Series. Uh, but Wait, you said Huntress. Do you mean Crossbow Girl? Oh, sorry, the Crossbow Killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah, bad. the Crossbow Killer. Yeah, right, Crossbow right, Killer. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, Which I thought was a funny bit, by the way. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Think that I, I thought uh, Marie Winstead, Marie... Mary, Mary, yeah, no, it's Winstead. Same girl who played uh, uh, um, 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 in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Why can't I remember her name? I haven't seen that movie in a long time, oh, my friend. It's so good. It's one of the best. Which movies. character does she play in this movie? <laughs> the crossbow killer. Oh, crossbow killer. Oh, so she, oh, Huntress. okay. She was in, 
She was in Scott Interesting. Pilgrim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and, and so my my uh, you know my I guess depth of knowledge from Huntress is from Arrow, from uh, you know Black Canary is from Arrow, <laughs> and Renee Montoya is from the you know original Batman animated series, uh, which again is is. I hadn't seen it in so long. So like my knowledge there is kind of limited. So like th- this is, th- this is interesting to me in that it was, it was kind of like a, an introduction to these characters because I, I knew going in, they weren't going to be their comic book counterparts simply because none of the other characters in, in any of the DC EU movies thus far have really exactly been. bingo. Yes, sir. And I think with which, that, which is odd, right? Because Harley is the kind of the weird exception. I don't mean weird in a bad way. I just mean like, Literally, she seems the most like the comic book version of Harley Quinn, especially kind of sort of some of the more recent interpretations of, of the character. Yeah, and, and maybe that's like maybe that's some kind of like weird meta thing that they're doing because you know Deadpool can show up in an Avengers film and still be Deadpool, um, even though like it's it's you know they they have like different uh, uh, ratings and different you know um, um, I would say perhaps audiences and whatnot but like i feel like the, the character is so zany and like f- breaks the fourth wall and all that kind of stuff that the character wouldn't feel out of place anywhere and i kind of feel the same way here with harley quinn is that she wouldn't really feel out of place anywhere because that's uh like i mean i don't know how, how do you mischaracterize her and make it harley quinn still yeah it's just it's not really possible right 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 so i i feel like yes she does work exceptionally well uh, Margot Robbie does a great job with the character, but I, I I just don't think you could have like a grim, dark Harley Quinn and make it still be Harley Quinn. Like it, it, it. Well, and there's some dark stuff in here, right? Like we we see a lot of like you know pretty pretty brutal uh, brutal fight scenes. Some pretty uh, you know. Uh, oh, my knees hurt so bad wanton. after watching this movie. Oh yeah, seriously. I mean, it's just a wanton destruction. There's a lot going on, so it's it's not like it's a cheery, happy film from that standpoint. And the other thing too is, you know, again, decisions were made in this movie. One of the decisions was to have Harley as the narrator. Um, you know, the obvious, you know, connections and kind of inspiration from Deadpool uh, is kind of hard to miss, to be sure. But I think that it actually sets things up in a really kind of fun way to get inside her head. And see this really adds to the wacky factors, right? Like we're not necessarily even even in so much as these are not necessarily you know the comic book versions of these characters, they're not even like the movie versions of these characters because they're Harley Quinn's version of these characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're we're seeing everything through her uh, perspective and her lens, which right? Yeah, lenses. You could argue. Yes. Yes. And so you know that kind of leads you to think okay well how much of this is actually real and how much of this is harley just like you know (laughs) the reliable narrator here is is really in question (laughs) right right but that also kind of adds to the fun factor and i think it allows for um you know some folks to really uh, have some fun with their characters i'm I'm thinking specifically of ewan mcgregor here as uh as uh, black mask this was a very is an interesting take again decisions were made <laughs> i loved it i loved it i loved you mcgregor in this movie no you know, like that's the thing i loved like all of these characters i thought were really really great and and it's man man this is one of the hardest rose colored retrospectives i've ever had to do because like i really want to go to like my immediate critique as opposed to like focus on what i liked so let me let me let me back up let me take a pause here <laughs> breathe okay 
Man, you're right. He was having so much fun with his character. Like like the ham, like stacking on the ham, like really being this just kind of uh, over the top, almost like cartoon character of a villain. But I mean, um, I mean, it works perfectly because Harley Quinn is a cartoon character of a protagonist. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The Roadrunner needs Wile E. Coyote. Exactly. Like there needs to be, yes, exactly. There, there's this... Uh, a balancing of, of the narrative from that standpoint in, in her mind and the way that she's telling it. And even as kind of his army, you know, comes together at the end, you know, we, we see all of these characters who are kind of all on the similar path trying to get this diamond. Uh, and we get one of the, I mean, a really fun, very brutal, but a fairly fun kind of fight sequence at the very end as well. Oh, yeah. Like uh, <laughs> a bunch of good laughs in there where Joker cleans her out of all of her weapons. And the only thing she has left is like, you know, the skates and the hammer and like the Harlequin uh, uh, bustier uh, right. thing. And right. yeah, yeah. And and that was <laughs> really funny moments in there. It's like, how did she have time to change into skates? And uh, <laughs> she did a shoe change. Yeah. <laughs> <That was> yeah. <laughs> And the fact that it was all happening in this like funhouse world, like I thought was great. It, to me, it reminded me a lot of um, Arkham City. Do you remember in Arkham City when uh, I, you've you've played that game? Yeah. Okay, so like you know the Joker and Harley's hideout is the kind of abandoned, uh, you know, abandoned uh, funhouse, you know, carnival type of setup where they're they're you know they've got all their goons and you have to go and you have to fight them and you go down all this you know, just torn apart uh, carousels and this, that, and the other. And it's just, you know, Gotham just would not be Gotham if there wasn't an abandoned theme park. That just has to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, Gotham's supposed to be this sort of, like, derelict ancient city that's just decaying. And, and and you know, and, and it's creepy, right? Gotham's got this creepy vibe to it. And what is creepier than, like, a decaying, decrepit, you know, ancient amusement park? So that's something else this movie did really well, which is we got a Gotham that felt a lot more like like Gotham. And probably more so, I'm thinking about this, yeah, probably more so than any other movie we've seen. Because we've gotten Gotham that feels like Pittsburgh. We've gotten Gotham that feels like Chicago. We've gotten Gotham that feels like, you know, um, a giant gods greek gods holding up the city atlas whatever oh you're talking <laughs> about shoemakers yeah <laughs> yeah like whatever whatever was going on there like we got we got that but this one like we got the ace chemical plant and it looks like ace chemical plant we got an abandoned theme park and it feels like where the joker and harley quinn would hang out we got the uh you know the the founders pier like all of these locations felt very gotham like felt very I mean, like I said, more Gotham than anything we ever had before. Like, if you juxtapose this with the most least Gotham, or like with the least Gotham Gotham we've ever gotten, then it has to be the Schumacher's, Schumacher's <laughs> the guy making shoes. His Gotham <laughs> was definitely like the least Gotham because if you think back to that, what what wasn't R. Kelly uh, singing like "It's a city of peace, it's a city of life." <laughs> <laughs> Nobody looked too much into my extracurricular activities at night. Yeah, that that song. Remember that? Yeah, and he didn't do a lot of research on that song. I don't think. He didn't do any he, research. He was too whatsoever. busy doing things that. Nah, anyway. So so yes. Anyway, point is that <laughs> Gotham here is Gotham. Like this this to me, I thought was was a huge highlight of this film. Well, another thing that was really neat about Gotham was that like it had the um you know because Gotham is is a, is a uh, it's a dichotomy, right? It's a city of the very poor and oppressed and the very rich and oppressors, right? And and you sort of had a feeling of that. Like there there wasn't like a, a – they call it the Upper West. I don't remember what 
like Harley mentions at some point, it's like, what are you doing? East in? side. It was something like the East siders. I can't remember. Yeah. But, but you know, they show that like, that's where, um, uh, uh, Cassie Kane. Yeah. That's where Cassie Kane was pickpocketing. Right. Cause that's where all the rich people are. And then it, you know, you, you, uh, you compare that to where she was living in the slum, basically, uh, you know, where Harley was living and all that kind of stuff. And like, it's, it's, it's a really sort of neat representation of, of, you know, what Gotham's really like. Right. No. Yeah. The, that's, that's the other factor, right? The extreme kind of wealth disparities is like, you know, paramount in Gotham. You have to have kind of this ultra will wealthy elitist class, um, that has been explored in, you know, uh, stories like, you know, with the, the court of owls and that sort of thing. And then you also have to have like, you know, the, the worst of the worst, the criminals are not just like, you know, uh, busting over, you know, uh, a diamond shop or whatever. It's, it's like, you know, no, they're insane. Like we, we can't just, you know, we can't just have normal crime. We must have super crime. We don't even have a superhero. Like, you know, Batman is, is just a guy, but he gets like the, the craziest of the crazy when it comes to, uh, to his villains. Now, this is something that I thought was interesting as well. I like the idea that they explored Harley really kind of, you know, coming into her own in this movie and dealing with the reality of, you know, being the Joker's girlfriend sounds like an awful, awful situation, but it's not without its perks because everybody is like, you know, scared of the Joker as this kind of maniac, arc, you know, psychopath. And so, you know, the notion that she would kind of hang on to the, you know, the Joker cred, so to speak, for a little bit longer than maybe she wanted to, it makes sense. And I liked the fact that she was ready to really kind of break out on her own. And when she did, she did so in a very Harley way. The fun gun, man. The fun gun was fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, who doesn't like to shoot uh, grenades full of glitter at people? I mean, come on. Yeah. Gr- grenades full of glitter. You had the the smoke, uh, the various color smoke bombs. You had the bean bags that she was shooting at people. The paint bombs. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was great. I was like, okay, this this seems right. Like on the one hand, it was interesting, right? Because obviously, uh, you know, I, nothing about Harley that we have gotten thus far may communicate to us that she's someone who would go for a uh, non-lethal method of of making an entrance. But at the same time, she needed information, and so she's going to do so having some fun. And maybe with the whole branching out from the Joker, the idea is that she's open to, you know. Not necessarily becoming a hero per se, but not necessarily, you know, writing off the possibility of a tag team somewhere down the line. Yeah, you know, and, and it seems like, you know, that, that sort of her killing or not killing people in, the, in this particular instance, um, you know, could have been a result of her leaving the Joker, right? Where she maybe wasn't too keen on being as brutal and violent as the Joker was, or maybe not as violent, but like as uh, uh, ruthless, I guess, and just murdering people and stuff. And so by emancipating herself from the Joker, she can now do things how she wants to do, which might not be to kill everybody she meets. Yeah, no, that's, this is a good point. This is a good point. Um, love that we got a chance to see her with the kind of the iconic hammer weapon. Uh, that's great. Um, we, you know, it's interesting though. And, and I, how do I say this while still remaining on brand? Um, we're, we're obviously spending a lot of time talking about Harley Quinn in a movie called Birds of Prey. Uh, but we, but we need to, to look at, you know, the, what this movie is. And this movie is a Harley Quinn movie. Um, or one might even argue Harley Quinn watching a birds of prey movie, right? Because again, we are seeing the birds of prey come together through her lens. And thus we end up spending a a vast amount of the time with her. We've already mentioned, uh, the crossbow killer. Uh, we also have uh, black canary 
in this movie. Um, thought she did great. I, I was worried, if I'm being totally honest, up front that they were not going, like that she was not going to be a meta. Um, we got that kind of hint when she was singing in the, the glass cracks, but that's not outside the realm of possibility. There was a couple of times where I thought, is she going to do the canary call? Is she going to do the canary cry? Like this, this seems to be the moment. Yeah. Well, and then I mean, finally when she did, it, it made sense. Yeah. But like Montoya straight up tells her and therefore the audience that her mom had that power and she does too, and she should use it. Right. So like, you know, um, I, which I think is, is, is a very neat choice. I mean, we haven't really gone into meta. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess we have, you know, we have the flash and we, well, I mean, again, they're not really metas, right. That, you know, got struck by lightning. Well, Superman, I, I, I still can, I mean, I know he's an alien, but, but he kind of falls in the line of the meta human based off our kind of broad context in most DC universes as to what counts as a meta human. Uh, but you're right. We got the Flash. We've got uh, Aquaman. We've got uh, who else do we got? I mean, like Cyborg's not really a meta human per se. Um, Wonder Woman is not really a meta human per se. I mean, yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah, because her hers is more tied to magic. But no, we've we've had meta humans before. The point is, we have superpowers, right? Like superpowers exist in this universe. It's not beyond the realm of possibility. And so I was glad when she finally did use her voice to that effect. Um, I would have, you know, like, you know, this, this, I enjoyed the character so much. I would have really enjoyed more time with her. Um, so it would be, it'd be great. You know, maybe this is, you, you almost kind of wonder, is this a launch off a launching point for the birds of prey? Or is this a launching point for Harley Quinn? Uh, or is this potentially something that spins into two separate directions? Do we see kind of what comes next for the birds of prey happening in their own film and something happening for Harley happening in, uh, you know, her sequel film or whatever it may be. Um, but I would have loved more, more black canary, uh, because that's how much I love the character. I'm trying to, to be positive, man. I really am like, cause I, I want to say like, why didn't we get more of her? But, but no, I mean, the movie is what it is and that's rose color retrospectives so yeah yeah and you know i i don't think we would have gotten any of the birds of prey had it not been for harley quinn like they wouldn't have made just a birds of prey movie i yeah i i yeah maybe maybe i mean like you know that that's a that's a that's a good question uh as to whether or not that's that's the case uh, you know um I will say that this is a great exploration of kind of, you know, continuing on what we got from Suicide Squad, which is exploring the world kind of beneath the heroes, right? Like, you know, seeing kind of the the, the villains and then also just honestly just the the normal human beings uh, that are living in this world where gods and demons are, are fighting each other. Uh, we get a chance to see, you know, with a character like Black Mask, who's, um, you know, like again, he's, having, he's had a lot of fun with the character. We got his kind of... Um, uh, not quite boyfriend, but 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 pining after him, uh, Zaz, uh, who's uh, clearly in love with Black Mask. Uh, I mean, like 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 was always was kind of questioning. I was like, okay, this is interesting. So is is the idea that they have something on the side, or is it this kind of unrequited deal, or is it like a self hate thing? What's what's going on here? Um, but but Harley doesn't care, so we don't ever really get a chance to find out. Um, but it was interesting. It was definitely you know decisions were made. Uh, and what else? What else can I say? This is tough. This one's a tough one. Batman v Superman was actually easier for me to some extent. This is not. This is this is a better movie. Don't get me wrong. It's just the fact that it doesn't it, it doesn't tie in so much to the overall universe that, that it's harder to like just come up with ways to make it sound good. I guess. 
I guess that might be it. But I don't want to make it like, you know, rose color retrospective should never be about forcing it. It should always be about this is what we liked. And and this is what I liked, man. I liked that we got some breakfast food love. That's always a plus. Uh, I continue to like Margot Robbie's take on Harley Quinn. Uh, I liked this uh, interpretation of uh, uh, Black Canary. Um, I thought that it was a lot of fun. That was very hammy and cheesy. Knew exactly what it was. You know, like it, it served up the bacon, it slapped on the cheese and it literally put it in front of your face just in case you missed it. You know what I mean? Like this was, this, this was great from that standpoint. Uh, and it, it gave us one of the best Gothams that we've ever gotten on film. Um, yes. And it gave me things that I want. It, it gave me, it gave me aspects of this universe that I would like to see more of. For example, Black Canary. Um, I think that, you know, the birds of prey in general, uh, you know, it would be great to get. <laughs> all right. You know what? I'm just going to cut myself off here because I think <laughs> I think that's all I got because all I really want to do is, you know, I think I think I might after we roll credits, man, I might need to just vent for like five minutes. Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But that, that might be all I got, man. So so what else? What else you got for this? Well, one? you know, like you said, it, it, it knows what it was, what it is. Right. It knows that it's like a uh, kind of like goofy over the top movie. And it makes sense and it works uh, because it's Harley, you know, it, it's from Harley's perspective and it makes sense and it works. And, and I really enjoyed that about it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, it was it was a uh, a good movie in the sense of that, like it was entertaining and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it was it's one of the better. It, it's up there as far as the other DCEU films go for me. Um, it's it's certainly um, uh, certainly in the in the in the top half uh uh, because there are there are a lot of a lot other uh, they've released a lot more better films I guess I should say in a really weird way <laughs> since since the inception of the Snyderverse but uh, but yeah like it, it was fun it was reverent it was like you know knew what it was um, Harley did a great job um, all the other characters were excellent in their roles uh, it 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 was in your face and didn't make you i don't know it, it i just i i i really did i genuinely like this film it was what it was and it wasn't trying to be anything else and i feel like you that is something to be said like that is a, a major pro for this movie cuz you can't say that about some of the other movies that we've we've done so far cuz there are movies that was not trying to be what it ended up being and this one like for whatever re- like like you know granted you know Look, I, I get that this is a, a contentious issue. Much like I said that Man of Steel would have benefited from being called Last Son of Krypton because it reframes your expectations going into the movie, I think. And it also kind of like really presents it in a little bit of a, a more accurate light. And this is not exactly a hot take here, but I mean, like, you know, this probably should have been called Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey or something of that nature. Well, it was Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Right, but that almost seems like she's writing herself into the story when in actuality it is, is her story that she's kind of pulling all these characters into. I mean, I, again, this is I realize that this is a debate that has gone on, and I saw that on Twitter as well, that, that this is still something of a contentious issue. I mean, like to, to, in my mind, if, if I ruled the world, I would probably set this up as a Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey to kind of introduce these other characters that they could kind of go off and, and if it's successful, have their own spinoff. And then you do the next one, you know, Harley Quinn and the Gotham City Sirens or Harley Quinn and the, you know, Bat in the Belfry, whatever it may be. But point is, this this really, I feel that this would have benefited 
itself and the audience better by just having that simple little name change. That doesn't have the significance, like, you know, like you say, I mean, this one is very much positioning itself. Even the way that she, like, literally is writing her name over the Birds of Prey, almost kind of, um, you know, again, she's, the implication is that she's writing herself into this story. Which I, I think is great. I thought that was a great, you know, marketing ideal. I wasn't expecting this to be a Birds of Prey movie with Harley Quinn in it. I was expecting it to be a Harley Quinn movie with Birds of Prey in it, and that's exactly what I got. Yeah, and I mean, but but let me ask you this. Man, this is bad. I, you know, this is a failed road killer retrospective, and I, I take full responsibility for it. Is it is it because is it because of the marketing campaign that led up to it, or is it like if because if you saw the title, is that what you would have you would have interpreted this as not a Birds of Prey movie? Um. Well, so I'm trying to recall all the controversy around the title. I want did, did... It wasn't controversial. I mean, it's it's just it's just the reality. This is not a Birds of Prey movie, and yet the title of the movie is Birds of Prey. No, but, but didn't they didn't they want to change it from Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn to just like Harley Quinn and maybe Harley Quinn and the Bird? I I'd heard there's that may have been that may have been the case. That does sound somewhat familiar. Yeah, I, I had heard like uh, the you know the theaters were kind of like you know running it as Birds of Prey because it's really a long name or whatever, and um. But still, like, if you're if you're gonna go see this film, you've probably seen the trailers for it. Um, you know, it's gonna be Harley Quinn focused, and uh, it and it was like I I don't know I I just don't see the big deal there. I don't feel like I was lied to. Um, I feel like the expectations were delivered. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you that. Like, so I I was trying to think about it from a different perspective, and. You know, I have no problem with with creative or, or completely different interpretations of characters from from the comics. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy, most of those characters are nothing like their comic. Well, Star Lord is nothing like his comic book counterpart. You know what I mean? Like, this is not the same character. This is a very different take on uh, who that character was. Um, but it's great, and it, and you know, it, it he's likable, and it, and it works. It works. So you can you can do this. You can take kind of the source material. You can twist it, make it something totally different, and still have it work. But if, say, the first ever Guardians of the Galaxy was called Guardians of the Galaxy and the uh, Thortastic Adventures of Beta Ray Bill, and what we got was like a night, like a, an entire like movie that's all about Beta Ray Bill, and like Rocket Raccoon pops up in it to make a joke about how everybody calls him a you know rocket or something like that. Like, if I was a Guardians of the Galaxy fan, I would be a little frustrated that, like, this franchise, this movie that was supposed to introduce, like, my team ended up spending all this time with Beta Ray Bill. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the issue there is that there were no Guardians of the Galaxy's fans. <laughs> that is not. I know. Wow. It's not true. Okay. It's not true. I mean, this is just the worst episode ever. We just lost all our audience. <laughs> no, but. The only people that were still like, oh, you have failed this rose-colored retrospective. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but like. But but now you're trashing Guardians. I was the one. No, I, I like Guardians too. Like, I, I never read them in the comics. I, I, my first introduction to them was the, I mean, not first introduction. I mean, you know, you, you hear about them here and there and stuff like that. But like my first real, like, you know, dive. I, I never I never sought out Guardians books. I never, I never wanted to, you know, oh, the, sure, you know, I, sure. I didn't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't, but I mean like, the, so, but that's a friend. So what I'm saying is that's a fringe, uh, it's, it's a fringe fan base, but to some extent that's the, the same. That's true of the birds of prey. I mean, if you ask the average comic book reader, 
Yeah, I think I think this is probably fair. I guess I don't know what the, the modern day comic book reader where where their heads at, but I mean, like back in the day, if you were to ask like the average comic book reader, like you know, name the birds of prey, they'd probably give you a completely different like all over the map set of characters, like as to who they consider the birds of prey. Yeah, you know and what that, I mean. That's that's what I'm getting at here. That's that's the whole point is that like the way they're making these movies now is not for comic book readers anymore. You know, the the MCU showed us. No, that. you're right. But that's my point. So, but all right. So, but there is that group of people that was like collecting all the birds of prey. There, there. Every single comic book has its collectors that are collecting birds of prey. That was a big fan of that franchise. A big fan of those characters. Uh, and then when they get this movie, and it just ends up being a Harley Quinn movie and not a birds of prey movie, even though they called a birds of prey movie. I don't know. It just seems like that would rub them the wrong way. Yes. Maybe I am like like you know soapboxing for a very small group of people that really don't care anymore <laughs> but i'm just saying yes i just feel like it really would have benefited himself from having the name uh, you know just being a harley harley quinn film, which it was but being called a harley quinn film. right like birds of prey fans aren't gonna make this movie you know a hundred million dollars in the box office general audiences are and that's why nobody really cares like overall movie going audiences, right, nobody right. cares because most of them probably don't know who Birds of Prey are. In fact, all they're right, going to enough. this saying this is an origin story for Birds of Prey. Cool. What about that television show, huh? Oh, you mean the one that had like one season? Yeah, that, not even that. It got canceled halfway. Yeah, through. yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I there you go. We jealous. need a rose color retro. You know what? We should do a rose color retrospective on that series. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing. No, not you want to talk about a different take on Harley Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, all right. So there you go. There you go. That's uh, that's that's what we got for this uh, this week's. And I'm not I'm not gonna vent <laughs> after after all this. I think I think in the end I I kind of uh, got got out my my main criticisms there. I just I really would have loved to see an actual Birds of Prey film. I think that's really kind of at the core of something that rubbed me the wrong way about this. I have no problem with this being a Harley Quinn movie. I think it's great. I think it's a great Harley Quinn movie. I think it's actually I think it's a blast of a Harley Quinn movie. I'm a little off put because I actually would have actually liked to see a birds of prey movie. And I think that there is some makings, especially some of these characters would have made for really good interpretations of a birds of prey film. Uh, looking at you, uh, black canary, um, you know? And so I think that there's, you know, and I think that black mask, you know, I don't even mind the way that they used him in this. I think that it, it was fun and Zaz as well. Like I think it worked. Uh, as as being kind of cheesy and over the top, especially for a Harley Quinn movie. Uh, is but that it a did snot make me bubble? think like <laughs> change my mind, cut it off. <laughs> awful. Absolutely awful. Yeah. Uh so yeah, there you go. That's that's about how I feel about all that. But hey, you let us know what you think um on this. And also feel free just to just at me with all the complaints that I have failed uh our rose colored retrospective. Hey, real quick, um so next week we are gonna be doing our uh our our look at the DC fandom event. We also, uh, because of this, will be pushing back the next Rose Colored Retrospective as part of Release the Rose Colored Cut. What is the next movie that we had on deck? The next movie that we have on deck is, drumroll please. Drum, 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 drum. It is Justice League. All right, there you go. Is that really right? Man. Just because that's right, because that happens for Aquaman and Shazam. Man, okay. Well, there we go. This is, uh, so yeah, the, the expectations are high. We'll be doing the live tweeting. Maybe we should live tweet that one together, man. That, that might be a fun one. Uh, sure. I think it'll be good. All right, so we'll, uh, we'll have the details on that, but look for a, fla- a news flash, flash TV talk next week to talk about DC fandom. Uh, be sure to keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow us on Twitter at The Real 
Bo York is me at Ring That Bell is Bell. Uh, also, Flashcraft on Twitch. You can find uh, Bell's Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash seedhd. You can find me at twitch.tv slash the real Bo York uh, for some fun Flashcraft Minecraft goodness. We've uh, just got done building the Hall of Justice. Uh, we are about to take on the monumental task of creating the Legion of Doom, which I'm very nervous about because nothing that I've done thus far looks good. It'll be interesting. <laughs> uh, so we'll figure all that as we get closer to it. Uh, look for more info from us on uh, you know the, the, the Facebooks and the Twitters as we get close to DC fandom. I think that's going to do it for us for this week. So for me, for Belle, for Belle's mom. Hi, Mom. Have a Harlequin of a day. Birds of prey. There you go. (laughs) Nailed it.